Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my oh, God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. It is Wednesday, October 11th. We have three MLB postseason games to get to. Brendan Glasheen joined by Charlie DeSterko and BJ Cunningham, contributors at Action Network. You can find both of them in the Action Network app. Articles, picks, they do a great job covering baseball for us. We are here every weekday. Monday through Friday during the baseball postseason. Be sure to join us if you haven't done so already. Please leave a five-star rating and review. We can take as many reviews as you'd like. Um, We'll pick some of our favorites. We've done so already. We handed out a winner last week. Uh, Those who are selected receive a one-year subscription to Action Pro. We gave out a winner on Monday based on last week's results. So we appreciate it. Continue to do so if you enjoy listening to the podcast. We have Braves-Phillies Game 3, Series Tied 1-1, Series Shifts to Philadelphia, Astros-Twins, that's a Game 4, so I should be clear, we have a couple of Game 3s and a Game 4. Game 4, Astros-Twins, Series remains in Minnesota with the Astros leading 2-1, they throttled the Twins yesterday, and the Dodgers and D-backs meet for their Game 3, Arizona leads the Series 2-0, a chance to close out the Dodgers tonight. We'll go right in order. Based on time of game, Braves-Phillies, our first matchup. Aaron Nola's on the mound for Philadelphia, Charlie. Murkiness surrounding the status of the Braves starter. A lot to dive into there based on how you want to play this game. The pricing as of now at BetMGM, Phillies minus 125 on the money line, totals at nine. Give us the latest on what you're feeling based on reports about what Atlanta might do and how that factors in. Yeah, so a lot of, uh, you know, a lot's going on in this Atlanta game right before we hopped on. It seems like A.J. Smith-Shaver is going to get the start for Atlanta, but in any way, I can't see him going deep into this game. Regardless, I expect Bryce Elder to kind of come on for a couple innings as well. I'm sitting on a Phillies uh, NLCS ticket at plus 800, so 
as far as this game goes, I lean the Phillies overall. I'm one of the guys that's extremely high on Aaron Nola and uh, all season long I have been, and he's a guy that usually pitches like worse than expectation right around a three, seven, five X ERA, his actual ERA almost a run higher. Uh, and now a lot of that goes because of, of his barrel rate. And that's something that I'm a bit concerned about with this Braves offense that, you know, I, it feel, it felt like they were asleep behind the wheel for 14, 15 mm-hmm. innings in this series. And all of a sudden they woke up and they started crushing the ball. And that's not great. When you look at how Aaron Nola fares, uh, he does, you know, he does have great control and a high chase rate, but his biggest issue is that he'll give up a lot of fly balls and has a decently high barrel rate. So when I look at this game, I lean the Phillies. Uh, we've seen with Smith Shaver, he'll probably only pitch a couple innings, maybe two to three. He hasn't pitched much, uh, dealt with an injury, and and really hasn't been in the bigs as, and seen big league action of late. Uh, and, and we've seen, you know, every single young arm that's kind of pitched in this playoffs, they've struggled. Right? Grayson Rodriguez came up, he struggled. You look at uh, the Dodgers, Bobby Miller has not was not able to get through two innings. Uh, plenty of young arms, Brandon Fought, who's on the mound, and we'll talk about later today, had to get taken out early in this Brewers series, in the Brewers series. And, and if it wasn't for a late comeback from the offense, the Brewers probably win that game uh, one. So I'm not so high on the combo with Smith Shaver and Elder. I lean Phillies. Uh, the angle that I would be taking, there's a couple here. Um, Look at Bryce Harper, total bases, and it hit a home run. Uh, feels like Bryce Harper's, you know, the most clutch guy on the fills, especially in October. Kyle Schwarber as well. Both of them crush right-handed pitching. Harper, a 144 WRC plus, and nearly split proof. He has a very high WRC plus against left-handed pitching, too. Uh, a 200 ISO. It seems like he's really gotten that power under control. And obviously, you don't have to tell you twice about Schwarber's power. Uh, and then real quickly, if you look at uh, if, if if Sean Murphy starts the game, I'd say don't play this. But if Travis Darno does get the start behind the dish, uh, Harper plus five sixty to steal a base and Turner plus three ten to steal a base are more than live. Uh, Murphy is an above average catcher when it comes to catching runners stealing, and Darno is one of the worst, as you've heard Anthony mentioned plenty of times. And Harper, I I really love Harper to make an impact on this game, and whether it's a walk and a steal a double, a homer, whatever it is. I'll be probably playing most Bryce Harper props. I'm waiting for the official announcement and the plan because there's so much murkiness. But lean Phillies, sitting on my NLCS ticket, looking Harper props, maybe even a Trey Turner and a Schwarber prop, depending on how the lineup gets dished out. So you're very much into the Phillies side of things. You mentioned Nola, and also you went right through their lineup props you might like. So This is the latest from Kevin McAlpin. We're recording, by the way, on a Wednesday morning. So when you're listening, we might have more news. So bear with us. Kevin McAlpin, Braves Radio Network, pre- and post-game host. Best guess, Braves go with A.J. Smith-Shaver for the first few innings. Then they piggyback with Bryce Elder one time through and then line up their pen, however they see fit. Still reading from McAlpin. Saw the Morton rumors last night, but would be shocked if it happened. I'm not sure what that last part means, meaning it's he's because he's hurt right now so that yeah. he would have to come back, get put into the roster and start, which I mean, if Charlie Morton starts, I mean, take the Phillies that that is a take the Phillies spot. Okay. Uh, Charlie Morton is done. The, the only chance that they have is is by using these young arms in, in Smith Shaver and Elder. And I'm not too high on them. I, the, the reason why I target the Phillies here and especially in the prop market is because Nola has the ability to go out and throw seven shutout and he has a high chase rate and he's 
got a high ceiling. If you want to target him, it would be in the stolen base prop market or maybe a Matt Olsen homer. But I feel more comfortable targeting a guy like Smith Shaver or Elder, both of which have low strikeout rates and decently high hard hit rates, um, which you know could lead to one thing lead to another, especially for young arms. You could see a spiral, especially in such a high leverage situation. Smith Shaver. BJ, six appearances in the regular season. His last appearance was at the end of September against Chicago, the Cubs. He's 20 years old, 6'3", 205, right-hander. You factor in everything with this situation, the latest series price at BetMGM. Braves are still the favorites at minus 145, Philadelphia plus 120. How are you processing all of this news? And for the record, when you go to BetMGM and you look at the pitcher props, elders' props are available for the outs, the strikeouts, <laughs> it's fascinating. I think the books are still pretty confused as to what the hell is going on here. So where are you at? What can you play now based on what we know and what we don't? Yeah, know? I find it. I Well, I find it interesting because we thought, obviously, Bryce Elder was going to get the start and the Phillies opened around minus 115. And price really hasn't moved that much. Yeah. And I would expect that, you know, the news of Smith Schaller pitching, who is a better pitcher than Bryce Elder, I would expect the Braves to take a little bit of money there, but really what's happened is that it's basically stayed exactly the same. Yeah. There's just a lot of murkiness going on here, especially for these first five innings. I don't, it's, it's really tough to play a side or a total here when we don't know what the Braves are actually going to do, but you know, diving into some props, I think Kyle Schwarber is, is a fantastic option. If you want to go with the prop Smith Shaver is a very heavy fastball pitcher. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is the best hitter against right-hand pitching that the Phillies have. He's their best hitter against fastballs too. So that was that would be where I would target potentially a, a prop for them. Matt Olson's obviously a very good option for the Braves, as always, crushes right-handed pitching. So, you know, in terms of a projection, I know Sean had this projected at minus 116, assuming that Elder was getting the start. Now I would expect that Smith Schauber, who, you know, 25 innings is a small sample size, but only a 3-7 expected ERA, so decent numbers there. But his XFIP was pretty high. Um, yeah, it's it's very very tough to, to play a side or a total with it with we just don't with what we don't know, and it makes it very interesting going forward in this series because if the Braves decide that they pitch Smith Schauber and they decide, you know what, we're not going to go with Elder or we're just going to go with somebody else, and they try to empty the bullpen. They better pray to God that Spencer Schreiner can give them a good start in game four. So it makes this series very, very interesting. You know, series price is the Braves are slightly favored uh, going into game three here. I I wouldn't play the series price at, at, at its current number just with, with Strider sitting there in game four. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot of weirdness going on. I think there's some other spots to target uh, in the other two games today, but if anything, I'll probably be playing some Kyle Schwarber total bases over one and a half, which is plus one twenty five. Yeah. For what it's worth, for what it's worth, our our, our friend DeBundo, um, I texted him last night and I was like Harper question mark, and he said Schwarber. So I I like Harper more in this situation across the board, um, just because it feels like Schwarber's a home runner bus type of player. Uh, but I don't. I also like if you want to sprinkle on both of them, I like the more total bases route in Harper than like I, 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 Schwarber, if he's going to get it, I feel like for the most part, it's coming via the home run, which is where I would look to play uh, him. And, and I'll, I might dabble in on him and Harper to hit a home run. Cause it just feels that home Philly magic at, uh, what is it? Five fifteen PM Eastern mm-hmm. <laughs> on Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, five forty whatever it is. Uh, I just, I, I think the target, the Phillies props is the way to go in this situation. 
AJ Smith Shaver this year in 25 and a third innings pitched seven home runs allowed. He's had three appearances in, in three games. He allowed multi home runs in, in those games. And yeah, like, like you said, only about four innings pitched since the beginning of August in the major leagues. He's been, you know, he's been pitching in the minor leagues after coming off an injury, but yeah, as we've seen with Bobby Miller and all these other rookies, uh, Hasn't gone well for rookies, so very difficult spot here, especially in the game three with the series tied. I, I can't imagine they they hang an outs prop for Smith Shaver, but mm-hmm. if they do, and it's and it's nine and a half or nine, like even eight and a half, I would look toward the under because I think I I can't imagine the Braves go with Smith Shaver for more than two, maybe he'll, three innings. He'll see a line and, once, and that's yeah. it. So for 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 what it's worth, keep an eye on that. Um, I don't know if they'll hang a prop because of the insane amount of murkiness and if other doesn't get the start right and you bet these props the props don't matter because it, it it cancels out because he's not starting so right it, it, it's a lot of murkiness that, that's why you follow us in the app just to see if if anyone makes a play based on the situation at hand and sean will have his updated projections and whatnot and we'll add in props as we see fit based on the matchup yeah good to point that out about the elder stuff would you'd be the bet would be negged uh, because yeah. of the fact he wouldn't start. Also, just looking, just 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 for you know, for shits and gigs. Uh, Sh- Smith Shaver four home runs allowed in fifteen starts in the minors this year, so he's a lot better keeping the ball in the ballpark at the minor league level. A lot different. I realize that. And by the way, you brought up Matt Olson against uh, Aaron Nola, one home run in his career in twenty two at bats, five hits, couple doubles. He struck out six times. Okay. That's a lot to unpack from that first game. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a good series, so juicy. And now this, now this wagon of a team, Atlanta. We we had questions about their pitching, their mid tier pitching, and as BJ noted, Spencer Strider, you better have the game of your life in Game Four of today. Yeah. It does not go well. <laughs> Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Payoff Pitch presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go to Astros Twins because we're uh, we're, we're trying to work with time here. We have three games to work with. Houston, 2-1 series lead. They thrash the, the Twins yesterday. Um... Got a couple of guys on the mound today. No, Tabundo's not here to sing his praises for Joe Ryan. But uh, looking at the pricing for uh, this matchup, Astros plus 105 on the money line. Charlie, uh, Joe Ryan and the Twins minus 125. Totals at eight. What are we targeting here? Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite prop of the entire day. Uh, it's Jordan Alvarez to record a walk at plus 115, 120. Uh, my jaw literally hit the, the floor when I saw this prop. I, I was going to come on here with my Chris Rabon impression of, I don't care about the juice. What are you poor? Like play up. Um, Jordan Alvarez is not only in the 93rd percentile of all hitters in walk rate. He has a near 15% walk rate, 
but he's the best hitter on the planet right now. Uh, 12 at-bats, he has six extra base hits, a home run against Minnesota in every game of this ALDS. Uh, I just don't see how Minnesota pitches to Jordan if there's a base open. Uh, Corey Seager, game two of the ALDS, was walked five times. I think the same treatment is going to be given to Alvarez, who is just as good, if not a better hitter and a more scarier hitter than Corey Seager. Uh, intentional walks count toward this prop as well. So for what it's worth, uh, it's just it's just one of those games that if you're gonna if you're in a do or die an elimination game, and you're gonna let Jordan Alvarez swing the bat then you deserve to lose this one because you should have anyone else beat you. And if that's how it goes down, that's how it goes down. But the way Jordan Alvarez is swinging and the form that he's in at plus money, I love this bet on Jordan for what it's worth dating back to July 31st to yesterday's game. Jordan has played 56 total games. He's walked in 29 of those games, which is just around 52%. So you're telling me the hottest pitter on the planet that already walks in over 50% of the games is available to walk today at plus money. I'm not, not passing this one up. That's my favorite play of the entire slate today. Uh, yeah. So Jordan to walk. And then just real quickly, uh, I would look toward Kepler props. If you want to bet the twin side of things, uh, Jose or he's uh Okay, I don't think he's going to pitch that deep into this game. I think they'll kind of marry him with JP France. Regardless, both pitchers have high fly ball rates, a higher hard hit, or a higher barrel rate than normal. And Max Kepler is probably the one of the better informed twins right now as a hit in every single game of this uh, series. So I would look toward Kepler on the prop side of things if you want to play twins. But Jordan is my favorite play of this slate on Wednesday. BJ, where is your mind on this game? I'm also curious your thoughts. We talk a lot about this during the regular season, and it becomes uh, it's in the microscope even more so in the playoffs. The Twins only got four innings out of Sonny Gray yesterday. They had to use Kenta Maeda. They used Bailey Ober out of the pen. So uh, what's the concern level for Minnesota, and does that give the Astros an edge to close this out today? It is pretty concerning for Minnesota right now. Now, in terms of an actual game price, if I were to play anything, it would be Minnesota here. I do have them projected at minus 134. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about Joe Ryan because yeah. I am very, very concerned with him in this game. He's had a very, very interesting season. I mean, coming into the season, he was presumably going to be the Twins' number one guy in their rotation. But as the season has gone along, his stuff has dropped off significantly. And I think... Rocco Baudelli choosing to start Bailey Ober over him in game one of this series tells you everything you need to know about where Joe Ryan is as a pitcher right now. First half of the season, stuff plus was 102, which is above league average. Since the all-star break, though, his stuff plus has dropped down to 95. Now, he has been hampered by a groin injury, so that can play into a little bit of maybe why he hasn't been that effective. But the main problem for him is not only like his stuff also down, his fastball has also lost a mile per hour velocity since April, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but for a guy like Ryan who's throwing the ball, throwing a fastball close to 56% of the time, it can become a big issue, especially facing an Astros lineup that just crushes fastballs. And outside of his fastball, he only has two other pitches, a split finger and a sweeper. His split finger, the stuff plus on that, has dropped from 95 in the first half down to 85 in the second half, and he's along over a 400 expected weighted on base average. So... I don't think Baldelli is going to mess around here. I don't think Ryan's going to see it ordered. Uh, I think he's going to see it maybe two times through uh, if he gets through all of that and the Astros don't hit him pretty hard. 
Louis Varland is available as a long reliever in the Twins bullpen. So uh, even though Maeda and Ober pitched yesterday, the Twins do have a long relief option. They don't. And honestly, in a do or die game, everybody's available in the bullpen. And I don't think the Twins are going to mess around. They're going to play matchups with this Astros lineup that is very, very difficult to get out. And Ryan hasn't gone more than he's 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 been under his pitching outs, which is 14 and a half right now, which I do like the under. That's where I'm going with this one. He's been under 14 and a half outs in four of his last nine starts, which just shows you how ineffective he actually has been. And a couple of starts, he went right on the dot at five innings. So in a do or die game, the twins, I highly doubt they're going to let Ryan just, just uh, let him out there unless he pitches really, really well. So that's the only reason why I think he would actually get to this is if he pitches unbelievable like we saw the Joe Ryan to begin the season but he just hasn't been that and this is an incredibly difficult Astros lineup to get out best lineup coming into uh, the postseason in terms of weighted on base average over the last 30 days so Joe Ryan under 14 and a half pitching outs is my favorite play for this game I it's going to take a lot to go right for him to get to that five inning mark and I really don't think the twins are going to mess around they're going to heavily utilize their bullpen in a do or die game I, I think that this is uh, an incredibly sharp look. I actually will probably join you on this. Uh, the, watching the game yesterday, you could tell one Sonny Gray gave up that last home run and got taken out of the game, or I guess the home run to Bregman, and it kind of all spiraled out of control. Rocco Baldelli, instead of trying to salvage everything, brought in Kenta Maeda and then brought in Ober and basically used his arms that – are not going to make an impact in this game. And he kept every single high leverage arm, which Louis Varlin can come in, Chris Paddock can come in, every other top tier arm is going to come in. Um, so if Ryan runs into trouble, he's going to have a quick hook. And also, uh, Brendan, I don't know if you remember this. I don't. I think it was me and Tanner might have been on. We were discussing Joe Ryan potentially for game one on this podcast. I had liked the Astros team total over. Um, well, I'm not looking that way because in a do or die situation, I think quick hooks and bullpen and all the matchups that you can make will kind of trends toward an under. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like the the under look here also on Ryan outs because I, I, I can't imagine if he puts a couple runners on in the second or third inning that they're going to let him see the light of day in that second time through the order. Yeah, he's not going to see the lineup the third time through. So it. <laughs> It's going to take, again, it's going to take a lot for him to go right and him pitching really, really well to actually get through the lineup twice without allowing a ton of runners on there and get to that five inning mark. So it could hit, it could very well hit, but it's just, it's going to take a lot to go right for it to happen. Juice to minus 130, under 14 and a half outs for Joe Ryan. And for the record, Astros team total today over three and a half runs, minus 130 for Houston. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those games I don't think you can, I just taking a do or die over, obviously it could spiral out of control and one thing leads to another. And, and, you know, all, if you're down three to one in the seventh, the Astros could easily pile one up because it's all motivation. Right. But in my, it's just one of those games. I think if you want to target the Astros, it's by taking your down walks and, and Ryan out under outs. Cause I can't imagine that he throws deep into these games. No, but it's, it's a good call out, but Maeda being used as well as, Ober because as you guys said, it, it can, it can mystify people by thinking, well, they're, they're using their arms. Now Rocco Baldelli preserved 
high leverage, as you said, high leverage arms for a spot like today to extend the series in a do or die situation. So it turns out their bullpen might actually now from a series perspective, they could be in trouble, but from a game by game basis, they might be okay today to survive another game. Right. And they just need to get, they need to get Pablo Lopez. That that's, that's all they're hoping for. They need to get through this game and get Pablo Lopez gives them the best option in game five to win the series. Dodgers D-backs shifts to the desert. We're in Arizona for game three. The Diamondbacks can close this out. Charlie, you don't need to remind me what we talked about Friday. I've already done it Monday and Tuesday. I'm in shambles because of the hedge I placed on the Dodgers. Anywho, Lance Lynn's on the mound to try and extend their season. Brandon fought for Arizona. The pricing at BetMGM. Dodgers on the money line, our favorite, minus 135. Brandon Fott and the Diamondbacks, plus 115. Totals at 10. So the total has risen since we last discussed on payoff pitch. And I I would imagine the series price has changed slightly as well. Zarillo said it might be worth a look to get the Dodgers at plus 500. He saw value there. That number's come down. Where are you at for this game three and the trajectory of the rest of this series? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I for the I mean just from the game by game perspective aside in total I I just can't get behind anything right now I I expected the Dodgers to roll and they've done anything but that if they win today I do think that they can put together three in a row uh it's just a matter of if the if the bats wake up which they had all the chances in the world in game two to make a comeback and they blew every single shot that they had uh so from that perspective I'm not touching aside total series price, whatever it is. I'm looking toward Lance Lynn instead. Uh, I did want to put this in the app and I wholeheartedly echo this statement on his over 11 and a half outs. Uh, since joining the Dodgers, he's been much better with limiting hard hit rate and pitching a little bit more to contact. Uh, and if you look at his, just his ERA perspective, the first half his ERA was above nine, his second half just slightly above four, but you look a little bit deeper into that. And for the majority Outside of a couple of blowups, he's been a lot better. And this is a Dodgers team that obviously it's a do or die elimination game, but it's also a team that has completely been just throwing every arm they can, multiple innings to just get and try and keep this game salvageable or game that game too salvageable. So I think Dave Roberts is expecting a lot out of Lance Lynn, whether it's you know four or five innings, if he can get that way, that's what they're kind of asking for him. Um, he his, his walk rate has kind of left a little bit uh, this season compared to last, but he had an elite one last year. And if you look at his just a little bit underlying metrics, he has the highest first strike percentage over his last two years than he did in his entire career. So the key for the D-backs or to, to beating the D-backs is by pitching in the zone and forcing them to put the ball in play because they're extremely aggressive on the paths. They're not afraid to steal. And, and you could tell, pitchers get uneasy when they're on the base paths because guys like even Christian Walker are stealing bases with ease against these teams. So uh, over 11 and a half outs, I think that unless he gets shelled similar to Bobby and Kershaw, that he's going to get four innings in here, whether it's one or two runs or less. I, I just can't see them pulling him quickly, a veteran that's, you know, in, in a do or die situation for someone else, especially if you can keep this game close or win, then you save Pepio for game four, which they absolutely need to do if they want any chance at winning. Because if you're throwing out Kershaw for two to three innings game four, I mean, it's curtain calls. Not great, Lance Lynn, though, in his career in the postseason. 5-2-80 ERA, 5-5 record, has started eight games. Not thrilled about that uh, for the yeah. Dodgers to extend. The I mean, he hasn't been... 
he hasn't been good in September either. He's been really, really bad. So that's the concern. Was, here yeah, he was home. hurt, right? He just he, he pitched it, yeah. or he was or paternity leave or bereavement, something like that. And he pitched in a simulated game. I mean, listen, there's a lot, but like I'm I'm like it's just one of those games that I I like I think you gotta go down with the ship here and you gotta back Lance to do something well. I can't I can't fathom betting the Dodgers money line. In fact, if you want to bet a side, I would even say probably take the plus money with the D-backs at this point because the, I can't tell if the, the Dodgers bats are a corpse or not. And Mookie Betts is absolutely abysmal right now. So I, I was I was debating on firing Mookie Betts props. I think that that's not a bad option with Fought. Uh, Fought gives up a lot of hard hits, a lot of barrels and, and home runs. And we saw that he kind of spiraled out of control at times against Milwaukee. Uh, just was able to mitigate damage with his strikeouts and swing and miss stuff. But yeah, I I just I don't know if this Dodgers team is just a corpse or not, but uh Lynn's Lynn's 36. He doesn't have that many postseason starts left, so this is his last chance to kind of do something. Mookie, Freddie Freeman, both at one and a half total bases, and Betts is at minus one oh five, Freeman minus one twenty. And Freeman is I mean, I assume he's healthy, but that foul ball off his knee looked bad. That double play ball wasn't helpful either the other night. I'm I'm very right uh, after he fouled it off his knee, and and I knew once he put it on the ground, he wasn't getting the first. Yeah, I couldn't help myself but get that in there. BJ, your thoughts on Game Three, and <laughs> do the Dodgers have any? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I mean I'm really concerned about Lance Lynn and how he's been pitching down the stretch here, and and from what we've seen from Dave Roberts so far, I'm concerned that the leash might be a little bit short, especially in a do or die game that. Emmett Sheehan might come in right after Lynn and, or maybe, you know, my guess is they're, they're hoping they get to a game four and they can pitch uh, Pepio and Sheehan or some type of combination of that. But if things go wrong, I, you might see Ryan Pepio up in the pen and ready to go here if Lynn gets into trouble. But the one angle that I'll go on here, because, you know, I do have, I only have the Dodgers projected at minus one twelve, so you could make a case for Arizona. But you know, Fott hasn't been like like Charlie mentioned. Fott wasn't really that good against the Brewers, and going against a really good Dodgers lineup is kind of concerning. Uh, has pitched better since coming back uh, from the minors on July twenty second. Only a three nine x FIP, almost a ten K per nine rate. But the one angle I'll give here, I just looked this up as we were talking. Arizona team total for stolen bases. Over a half is minus 125. Lance Lynn gets really flustered when guys are on base. This season, with runners on base, 302 batting average allowed, 514 XFIP. Will Smith is a very average catcher from behind the plate at throwing runners out. He's only thrown nine runners out in 54 attempts. So with God, a team like Arizona that we know, <laughs> I know, the, a team like Arizona that loves to run the way that they do and is the best team at set at base running in baseball. To get one stolen base at minus 125 against a pitcher who can't hold runners and an average catcher is too short for me. So Arizona team total over a half stolen base at minus 125 is the one angle pick I'll give for this game. But I will say this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go against Charlie and, and my good friend Anthony DeBundo, but hmm. when I was doing my research last night, I thought Lancelin under eleven and a half outs seemed kind of high given where he's been pitching. And given that it's a do or die game. So that's all I'll say. I'm not going to go against them. I'm not going to bet it, but I'll just say in my opinion, <laughs> it looked a little high. I just, the, the the thing is, is that if you use Papio, right. And you salvage this game and you take Lynn after one run or two runs uh, in the second or third inning, 
then you're relying on Kershaw and Sheehan uh, in game four. You just got to get there, Charlie. It doesn't matter. Like I, I know, but <laughs> I, I feel like it, this is one of those games that like, well, okay. And also, this is one of those games. If, if the Dodgers start scoring runs, Lynn will get put out there yeah, for no, that's until true. he gives that's up three to four runs. It's, yep. it's if they put up zero again and they look yep. like a corpse that that maybe they, the change happens. My true. thought is that instead of taking a Dodgers money line or a D-backs money line, I'm hoping that the, the Dodgers bats wake up and, and I relying on the veteranship of, of Lynn and, and a guy that's been pounding the strike zone for good and bad. The, the, the D-backs like to take a lot of pitches and, and work the counts. And obviously the stolen bases stuff is a concern, but yeah, I just, I just think that, I think that maybe the market's a little bit overreactive to how Bobby Miller and Kershaw fared, which I mean, and I could be dead wrong on this and he could get pulled in the second or third inning or, or less again. Two appearances for Brandon Fott against the Dodgers in August, August 30th in L.A. Four innings, eight hits, six runs, five earned, two walks, two home runs allowed, 90 pitches. Again, the pitch count really doesn't matter for this stage, right? Because he could get pulled. The Diamondbacks bullpen's in good shape. And August 8th, home in Arizona against the Dodgers. Four and two-thirds, six hits, four earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Oh, by the way, the Dodgers team total juiced to minus 150 over four and a half runs that sucks the number <laughs> could they get there yeah. sure but you get plus money at five and a half if the dodgers make this fun and extend this series we will talk about them tomorrow because that means we would have a game four we know for sure we'll have a game four between the phillies and the braves so we could talk about one game tomorrow it could be two we'll see what the dodgers are made of but that is what you can look forward to on payoff pitch on Thursday, Debundo and Tanner. Oh, Tanner! Oh, if the <laughs> if the Dodgers get knocked out tonight, I can't wait to talk to Tanner McGrath tomorrow. I kind of <laughs> hope they win though to keep this thing going, and for the sake of discussion and more baseball. For Charlie Desterco and BJ Cunningham, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening, everybody. Again, please leave that five star rating and a review. We'll talk to you again on Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast, presented by BetMGM tomorrow. Best of luck. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.